Good day and welcome to For the Love of Pets podcast. This is Dr. Donald Shreves, owner and operator of the Pottsgrove Animal Hospital in beautiful Pottstown, Pennsylvania. Coming here today to give you some information about your pets. Hope you can learn something, something to take care of them, something to help them out. Today we're going to be talking about some behavioral items for puppies and kittens. So stay tuned and I'll be back in just a few minutes and we'll get started. So welcome back to For the Love of Pets podcast. I'm Dr. Donald Shreves, owner and operator of the Pottsgrove Animal Hospital in Pottstown, Pennsylvania. Today we're going to take a little bit of a switch. We've been talking about some physical ailments and problems over the last few weeks. Today we're going to talk a little bit about some behavioral topics. Um, primarily we're going to focus on puppies and kittens, house training them, as well as litter training cats, and a few other habits that we see puppies have and, and kittens have. Um, and try to explain a little bit about what might be going on and why they're doing it. Um, and then give you, uh, hopefully, a few options to help correct the problem. So, first thing we're going to talk about is house training your puppy. Um, and there are different ways to house train your puppy. Uh, there are different, uh, you know, some people like to do crate training. Some people like to do non-crate training. I don't really have a preference of whatever works best for your lifestyle and your puppy. Okay. Um, you know, one of the d things that they call is the direct method. The direct method requires you to um, be nearby when your dog does its business, uh, especially if it does it outside like you want it to, so that you're there for rewarding good habits from the start. Okay, you want to provide frequent opportunities to eliminate for your puppy to eliminate in a pr appropriate place and reward this behavior immediately after it occurs. And rewards can be simple things like, you know, telling him he's a good puppy, you know, praise works great in a, in a very calm, soothing voice. Um, <coughs> treats, of course, work as well. Um, you know, so whatever you use for, you know, rewards, you know, praise him, tell him he's a good boy, give him a treat, do cartwheels, shoot fireworks, you know, whatever your dog responds to as a reward for knowing that it did what you wanted it to do. Um, puppies will require more frequent walks until they're really able to control their bowel movements, which usually seems to occur closer to six months of age than younger. Um, so the best method in house training is to take your puppy out within several minutes of eating, as well as several minutes after they wake up from a nap. These are your most predictable moments to which a bowel or a bladder is going to be full, and most likely they're going to need to relieve themselves, Okay. Um, it's always good to feed your puppy at scheduled mealtimes and avoid too many snacks in between because, again, it may throw off their bowel movements, it may throw off their schedule, and you really want to try to get them on a, you know, predictable schedule into when they're going to have their bladder expressed or when they're going to have a bowel movement. Um, leash walking your puppy helps really great, okay? And it's best to leash walk your puppy within 15 minutes or sooner after each meal because they're going to probably have to go. So you want to take them out and walk them. If it's too young to walk them on a leash, then carry them outside and place them out there in a nice, safe, enclosed area where they'll be safe and they'll feel comfortable, okay? Um, additional activity helps to stimulate bowel movements and bladder movements. So, um, you know, certainly getting it to walk a little bit helps a lot. 
you don't want to play with it too much because you don't want to distract it from what you want it to do. So it's it's kind of that fine line, be getting them moving, but not distracting them enough that they forget what they're supposed to be doing. If your puppy is, you know, you can start to see that they're starting to get ready to go to the bathroom. Um, you want to, you know, be praising it. You want to tell it it's a good boy. You want to encourage it in a very calm, happy, soothing voice. Make it soft and quiet. Again, you don't want to distract them, but you want them to know that they're doing what you want them to do. And, of course, when they're finished, you want to praise them afterwards until um, the task is done. So praise, calm, soothing voice definitely helps a lot in potty training. Now, some people like to paper train. And paper training is not the best method of choice um, simply because it creates an extra step in potty training because you eventually have to go back and break the paper training. Um, so initially, you're con potentially confusing your puppy because you have to teach it twice what it only really needs to learn once. Um, so uh, if it's learning to go on papers, then you've got to be retraining them to go outside. Second problem is you may unintentionally be teaching your puppy it's okay to go inside. Even if you're, they're going on the papers, they may be thinking, okay, I can go inside here. Mom's happy because I'm, I'm peeing and pooping. Um, and that doesn't, isn't what you want. You want them to learn to go outside. So you, you may think your puppy clearly understands that it should void on the paper. Instead, what it's learning is it's acceptable anywhere in that room and may begin soiling in other areas beyond the paper. So you definitely want to try to avoid you know, paper training unless you're simply planning on having the dog paper train for the rest of its life. But if you're planning on taking it outside for potty, try to avoid paper training if you can. Now, understand you're going to have accidents. Puppies are puppies. They can only hold it so long, okay? Um, and they can't really control their bladder and uh, rectal sphincters as well as when they're older. You can certainly have accidents due to fear. You could have accidents due to excitement if they're so happy to see you. Um, you know, or just like I said, puppy's got to go, puppy's got to go. So <clears throat> if an accident happens, okay, it is pointless to punish the puppy for accidents, okay? This is true, especially whenever there is a delay between their act of, you know, accidents and when you discover it, okay? Um, it is not helpful in house training, no matter how frustrated you are, okay? Clean it up, move on with your day, keep working on the positive reinforcement steps, okay? Um, you don't want to punish them for eliminating in the house, okay? What can happen is they can actually start associating peeing with you to punishment, and they may want, want to avoid you in your presence, whether it's inside or out, and that can become even more problematic when it comes to potty training them. So punishment is never good when it comes to potty training. Simply only clean it up, move on with your day, continue with the other steps. Now, we mentioned crate training earlier, okay? Advantage to crate training is that animals don't want to urinate or defecate where they eat or sleep. So if they are staying in the crate, they don't want to pee or poop in the crate, okay? Um, eventually, they can get more used to longer periods in there, and they'll be able to hold it better. Now, as I said earlier, puppies got to go when a puppy's got to go, and they can only hold it so long, okay? Many puppies are simply unable to control themselves, and especially when they get anxious, or they get nervous, or they get excited, okay? Um, some puppies can soil themselves, 
could potentially even eat their own poop, and we're going to talk about that in a few minutes. Um, and in which case, if that's happening, crate training is not your best option. Definitely should not crate them for more than three to four hours at a time, okay? Um, if you're going to be away from work for six or eight hours, have somebody come over and let them out of the crate for potty. Um or rearrange your schedule, come home at lunchtime. But three to four hours is really the max you want them in the crate uh, until they're older, okay? And some you know, puppies um, just simply don't like being in a crate. No matter what you do, they're not going to be happy in the crate. They don't like being confined. And there are tricks to help with that. If they cry or yelp in the crate, you can always try a light covering to the crate. You can try leaving a radio on so they think there's somebody there. But even then, some of them... Uh, just simply cannot tolerate being crated. Um, when you're looking at doing a crate, if you are looking at crate training, make sure you find a crate that's going to fit your dog as an adult, okay? Or you're going to be buying several sizes of crates as they grow up. You want enough room in the crate that you can turn around and lay down comfortably. Now, most crates nowadays come with built-in dividers, so you can make it smaller, because if they have too much room, it kind of defeats the purpose. You don't want them acting like, okay, I sleep on one side and I can pee on the other side. And my life is really good. You want enough room, they can turn around and lay down comfortably and no more than that, okay? Um, and if they the crate is too big, you need to find a way to partition it off, okay? Last thing we'll say about crate training is you never, ever want the crate to be a place of punishment, okay? That crate is your puppy's special spot in the house that is the spot that is his and his only at if you use the crate for punishment then he's going to start wanting to avoid the crate it should never be a place where they feel scared disturbed or threatened so do not use the crate for punishment all right so we're going to take a few minutes break and i'm going to be back to talk about litter training here with kittens in just a moment all right so welcome back to for the love of pets so after talking about potty training for puppies, we're going to talk about litting training your new kitten. Okay, so <clears throat> from a young age, cats have a very instinctual nature to want to avoid in sand or soil. Okay, typically the cats will dig a small hole, they'll void into the hole, and then they will cover it up. Okay, so that's um, what we utilize to get them to be litter box trained is their actual natural instincts to use this type of thing okay some cats are gonna dig shallow holes some digs are cats are gonna dig big holes some cats are gonna cover it with just a little bit some cats are gonna go nuts covering it depends on the cat and neither none of these are wrong or abnormal okay a lot of times they'll prefer a specific location of the litter box and they'll also like a certain kind of litter okay um, in trying to encourage your kitten to use a litter box just gently place him into the litter box after he's had a meal, okay? If we have an accident outside the box, clean up the mess, okay? And you can actually, if it's a poop, you can actually move it into the litter box to help the kitten know where they want you want him to go poop, okay? Again, pun as with dogs, punishment is never necessary. Kittens in, very you tend to learn quickly. A lot of cats take to the litter box extremely fast, okay? Biggest key, key, avoid disturbing your cat while he's in the litter box, okay? And never, ever punish it for any reason while it is near its litter box. You never want the litter box to be associated with punishment, just like with dogs. You never want the crate to be associated with punishment. 
All right, so the litter box, you know, how do you choose a litter box? Well, the litter box itself should be large enough to comfortably accommodate an adult cat. Whether that cat is going to be um, a uh, using a covered litter box or an open litter box, that's up to you. Some like uh, more privacy and prefer a covered box. Some cats don't like the odors within a covered box and go to an uncovered box, okay? One of the most important things is to keep the litter box clean. Every cat's a little different. Some cats are very finicky on how often they want their litter box. If they've used it once, they won't use it again. Other cats will use a, a dirty box. If it's used by a different cat and um, they don't want to go into the same place another cat went, again, that could be a problem, okay? So there is no rule when it comes to choosing the litter box other than that it's big enough, but use whatever litter box your cat is going to prefer to use, okay? Um, what do you use in a litter, okay? What does your cat prefer? Now, as we said, cats most commonly like to go in sand or soil. So most studies that I have read have shown that clumping clay is the best type of litter you can choose. Most cats will prefer that over other things like the crystal litter or the newspaper litters or the sand litters. But not every cat's going to prefer it. So, you know, see what your cat likes. Try something. If it doesn't seem to like it, try something different. So you find what type of litter it likes and then stick with that litter, okay? Um... Care of the litter box, as I was saying earlier, is very, very important, okay? Cats tend to be very clean animals. You ever seen a cat sit there and groom itself for an hour? They are fastidious, and they are very clean in most cases. And they want their litter boxes to be the same way, okay? You want to make sure the litter box is scooped and cleaned. You want to, know that, you want to make sure that the litter is changed on a regular interval. Um, rule of thumb, provide at least one litter box for every cat in the house. I tend to say number of cats plus one is your best bet. So if you have four cats, you should have five litter boxes. Um, and they should be in different locations, okay? Um, but they should also be in locations your cat has access to. And also locations your cat is comfortable. If it's in the middle of the living room, cat's probably not going to use the litter box, okay? Um, your cats, you can find preference in the locations by different ways. Which litter boxes do they use? If you have four litter boxes, which ones are full and which ones are empty? And that'll kind of give you an idea about which ones um, they're going to tolerate. Are they going to like a litter box that is more clean? Or can you go a day or two before you got to scoop it? Again, depending on the number of cats and the number of litter boxes you have. So um, finding a location for the litter box is important that they like. It's usually going to tend to be a quiet location where they're away from noise and people where they can do their business um, in private and at their leisure. Uh, another rule of thumb when placing the litter box is you want to make sure it's well away from their food or their water. Because, again, they don't like to defecate where, near or where they're going to eat or drink. So, again, the place should be quiet but away from the food or the litter. Or, excuse me, or the water. So that's general little training. It's not as in-depth as uh, puppy training because cats, again, very naturally often take to a litter box. Occasionally it can be tough, but it's a natural instinct for them most of the time. So that's going to be it about litter training for kittens. We're going to come back and talk about some elimination problems in dogs and cats in just a few minutes. All right, so welcome back to For the Love of Pets. This is, again, Dr. Donald Shreves in the Pottsgrove Animal Hospital. And today we're talking about behavioral problems. We've already talked about potty training in dogs and litter training in cats. Now we're going to talk about some elimination problems, inappropriate urination and defecation. 
what this might mean, and what do we do to help correct the problem. So first we're going to talk about uh, problems with uh, inappropriate elimination in dogs. Um, house soiling, unfortunately, is one of the most common complaints that we see as a veterinarian, um, where all of a sudden a dog that was normally and completely house trained all of a sudden loses his house training and starts urinating or defecating within the home. Well, the first thing I, we always recommend is rule out a physical problem. The unfortunate thing is most owners want to automatically jump to a behavioral problem. And it not necessarily isn't a behavioral problem, but it's very rare. The most common reason by far is some type of physical problem. So have your animal checked out, get a poop sample, get a urine sample, get them checked. Make sure you don't have an infection or a colitis or intestinal parasites or other problems that may have caused the abnormal behavior. If we find nothing wrong physically with the animal, then we have to turn to the behavior, okay? Um, and some of the first things we talk about is, is there any events within the home <coughs> that might have made the pet anxious? Because stress by far is a very common reason for pets to, you know, pee or poop within the house. Um, and you may not notice anything changes. You may not notice what might be causing, um, you know, problems. I mean, it could be a neighborhood dog that's gone into heat, or if there's another dog that's, um, you know, urinating out in your pet's territory, and that certainly can cause friction and cause abnormal elimination behaviors. Um, is there something going on in the owner's life? You know, your pets can pick up on your stress. So if you're stressed, if you're having problems within your life, um, certainly that can cause your pet to start doing things that they're not supposed to do. Um, so really, how do you correct it when it's not a physical problem? First thing is, you know, continue your daily leash walks, continue your normal daily routine with your pet and getting them out for their normal elimination behavior. Walks are important in these type of cases. You know, don't just put them out in the backyard, but actually walk them. It could be right in the backyard. It could be around the block. It, getting them out, having some bonding time, trying to get back to the normal daily routine is one of the first things to do to try to curb this type of behavior. Um, sometimes owners will, uh, you know, come home and the dog has peed or pooped in the house, and they'll be like, oh, I knew she did it because she acted guilty. Well, that doesn't necessarily mean that she did it. Most of the times they're just responding to you and your upsetness and your anger, um, and they're worried that they may be punished for what happened. And um, a lot of that, unfortunately, is the way they have that guilty look. Um, so in most cases, you don't want to punish them. Punishment never really accomplishes anything. Clean up your mess and get back to you know, normal uh, training, normal routines. So the solutions, okay, number one, you want to prevent accidents by resuming basic house training. Provide your dog frequent opportunities to eliminate in the appropriate place. Leash walk them um, within a half an hour of each meal or even sooner. And if possible, every few hours during the day. Okay, Reward your dog's appropriate elimination behavior Okay, with praise or some other type of reward so they know they did good. Remember, it's not useful to punish them for inappropriate elimination. Okay? This is especially important when there is some type of physical or underlying psychological stress. Um, you would definitely want to decrease your dog's 
need and want to return to that area where they peed or pooped, okay, odors will draw them back. So you want to make sure that you deodorize the area, you clean it very well, you get a good deodorizing cleanser and clean it up so that any indication of what happened there is gone, okay? Um, sometimes you can even put like an obstacle in the way, put uh, a plant over it or a piece of furniture over it where the problem happened to block them from getting back, okay? Try to implement these things as soon as possible. The faster you do it, the better chance we have of correcting this. The longer inappropriate elimination behavior goes, the harder it is to get back, okay? One of the other very common problems I hear a lot uh, is a very disgusting and bad habit um, called corpophagia, okay, which is the technical term for eating of poop. And that's whether eating one's own poop or your dog eating another dog's poop, okay? Um, it can start a lot of times when puppies are very young, okay? When puppies are nursing, uh, mom will lick their hind end to stimulate them to urinate and defecate, and mom actually ingests the puppy's waste in a lot of cases, um, and that keeps their nest clean. It prevents disease, and it removes odors that could potentially attract um, unwanted other animals, okay? Puppies cannot voluntarily relax their sphincters until a little bit later in life. So a lot of times when they're very young, um, they will eat their stools when the mother is no longer doing that. So they may not be old enough to where they've gone to a new home, but mom is no longer cleaning up after them, and the puppies start to clean up themselves, okay? Um, you know, unfortunately, it seems like some dogs actually enjoy eating poop, and that just kind of makes it all more disgusting for us, okay? So... How do we stop puppies from and dogs from eating their own poop or eating other poop? Uh, first of all, application of foul-tasting things to the poop can sometimes break the habit. Um, but you have to understand it won't always guarantee it will break the habit. There is a chance that this could fail. So they make things that you can put on the poop to make it taste bad. You can spray it with like bitter apple, bitter mist. Um, I've recommended using meat tenderizer in the food to give the feces a bitter taste. There are powders and other things that you can buy um, that you can put in their food, again, to make the feces taste really bad. Um, not that I don't think it would taste bad. I personally never tasted it. <laughs> but, um, you know, I would think it would taste bad already. But I don't know. Um, but... Any of these products, unfortunately, may not work or may fail, in which case then, um, you know, you can do other things. Um, you can add additional things that induce vomiting. But again, anything you're adding to the poop definitely may not work. So really, the best way to correct it is to simply prevent access to the poop initially, okay? Uh, if it's not there, your puppy can't eat it. So walk, walk your dog on a leash and quickly move him away from any poop that he finds, or after he poops on his own, get him away from it so that he can't try to ingest it, okay? If it's one of those dogs that just immediately the done, if he's done pooping or he um, is just attracted to it, you potentially may even have to use a basket muzzle so he simply can't get to it um, because that way, if he can't get to it, he can't eat it. You can try uh, discontinuing yard access for a while to leash walks only. Don't let them out in the backyard if the backyard is not cleaned up regularly. Um, remove the stools routinely and immediately from your backyard, okay? And give your dog things it can chew on and it can eat. 
Um, you know, spend time with your pup, exercising it and teaching it good things, okay? Um, sometimes, you know, they do this for attention. Um, if they're looking for attention, um, you know, it, it, even if it's bad attention, sometimes that's just the attention they want. So trying to keep them away from it is your best bet. Now, what happens if they want to eat somebody else's stools, okay? Or go into the, the cat litter box and kitty crunchies. Again, your best bet is to keep them away from it. Provide, you know, if the litter box has to be elevated, put the litter box up, okay? Um, if, you know, again, have them on a leash when you're walking them outside, keep them away from other dogs' poop. Um, if you have to move the litter box, move the litter box, but do it gradually so that your cat doesn't get confused. Um, but... Preventing access is by far the most important thing as well. Um, what about dogs that like to roll in their own poop? Okay. Um, it can be a form of territorial marking. Okay. So, again, it may be something that they do to mark their own territory. Again, the best way is just to simply keep them away from their own poop. Clean it up as soon as you can. Now, the last thing we're going to talk about with puppies and dogs is submissive urination. A lot of pets, um, you know, they pee to show submissive tendencies. They are submissive to the owners. They understand the pecking order within the household, okay? And um, what you have to do is look for physical cues that you're going to see that they're showing submission. That can include their ears flattening down, head and neck lowered, the body arched in a sitting or crouched low, the tail lower between the legs. Um, it's kind of show that there's no threat there. They are being submissive. Um, unfortunately, submissive urination does happen where they'll dribble a little bit of urine. Um, it usually resolves as puppies get older, okay, um, and they gain a little more confidence and feeling within the family unit. Unfortunately, initially as a young puppy, especially in a new household, it can happen, okay? There's also what they call um, excitement peeing, where they just get so excited, they're so happy to see you come home. That unfortunately they can urinate. Again, um, that can be that does eventually. In a lot of cases, they outgrow it. But especially when they're younger, it does sometimes happen. So, what would you do if your pet does this? Well, when you come home, okay, um, you want to acknowledge them, okay, but you don't want to go to them. Let them come to you, okay. You don't want to get overly excited about seeing your dog if, if uh, excitement peeing is a problem, okay? Keep your greeting brief. Keep your greeting calm. And then once, thing, once you've settled down, then you can address your pet a little bit more and love them a little bit more. Um, don't pet him on his head when you're greeting like this. Again, um, it could trigger submissive patterns and submissive urination, okay? Um, if... They have a submission of peeing or an excitement peeing problem. Never, ever punish them, okay? Punishment is going to make them more anxious. It's going to make them more nervous. And unfortunately, it's going to make them tendency to want to pee again. Um, you know, and it could also eventually lead to more voiding and urination out of fear than anything. And that's the last thing you want. So just keep things calm. Keep things simple. Remember, in the long run, punishment is never an option. Clean up the messes. Look for a physical problem, address a behavioral problem, and things will get better in the long run in most cases, okay? So we're going to take a little break here. We'll be back in a few minutes to talk about kitty cats. All right, so welcome back to For the Love of Pets. Um, this is the last part of our podcast for this week. We're going to talk about elimination problems in cats. 
primarily inappropriate urination, but we'll also touch on inappropriate defecation as well. So cats' failure to urinate in a litter box can have several causes. As we talked about with dogs, the first thing is to rule out a physical problem. Okay, physically, there things like urinary tract infections can cause abnormal urination, crystal urea, bladder stones, uh, sterile cystitis are all things you want to rule out first and foremost. Your veterinarian can run a urine sample and check for all of these. Abnormal defecation sometimes can be caused by a urinary tract. If they're straining to urinate because they have inflammation in the bladder, sometimes they'll also defecate as well. But now if we've ruled out a a urinary tract problem, we've ruled out a physical problem, then we're left with behavioral problems. And again, one of the most common reasons for behavioral problems for cats to go out of a litter box is a dirty litter box, okay? Cats vary from one to another on how cleanly they want their litter box. One cat will use a litter box that another cat has already used without a problem. Another cat won't use a litter box that they themselves have used once. Um, without it being clean. So you have to kind of know your cat a little bit and what they want um, in there, and then you have to live with it, okay? If your cat is fastidious and won't use it after it's been used once, then maybe you want to put multiple litter boxes around so that you can get around to cleaning them, and you're going to have to clean them every day. If you've got multiple cats in the household, you may have a variety of needs, um, and you may have some competition for the litter box, which certainly could cause them to go outside of the litter box. You could also have territorial marking. You could have spraying happening, and male and female cats can spray, okay, where they're marking urine to mark their own territory, okay? Um, so, you know, hormonal influences, if you have an unneutered male, if you have an unspayed female, could certainly lead to urine marking. Um, getting them spayed or neutered is one of the first things to do to try to, you know, get rid of that habit, okay? One thing you got to understand with abnormal urination in cats, the longer it goes on, the more that you don't treat it, the harder it is going to get to correct, okay? Um, because if you're not cleaning it up, this type of behavior is self-reinforcing. So the more they do it, the more they were going to want to like it, okay? Urine contains owners, um, and that owner is going to mark their territory. It's going to draw the cat back. So again, cleaning the area, getting rid of the odor is important. Getting them back to litter training and back into the box is important, okay? If you've got a territorial conflict in a multi-cat household, certainly that can be a problem and may need to be addressed Um with either multiple litter boxes so that the cat that's not being able to get to the litter box can go to a different box, or you may even have to look at some behavioral modification medications. Rule of thumb, uh, they used to usually say at least one litter box per cat. I usually like to say one litter box per cat plus one additional litter box is your ideal number of litter boxes at home. Try a variety of locations, quiet places, out-of-the-way places, which is where cats like to go, okay? Um, It can be very complex in preventing this problem, especially if they have certain targets, if they like a carpeting, if they like your clothes, okay? Regardless of the initial trigger, um, it can happen due to stress and anxiety, and even though it may get better, it could certainly reappear at any time, okay? Uh, as I said earlier, a medical problem is first and foremost, okay? Conditions include cystitis, kidney disease, diabetes, um, crystal urea, Um, a lot of illnesses, unfortunately, can cause abnormal urination. So the first thing you always want to do is rule out a physical problem. 
Now, with inappropriate defecation, a lot of the times it's very similar problems. Um, you're seeing cats pooping outside the litter box because the litter box isn't clean and they don't want to use it anymore. So again, rule out physical problems, add additional litter boxes, make sure um, they've got access to the litter box, there's not intercat aggression. Inappropriate defecation and urination is, should not be viewed as intentional acts. These are not necessarily spitefulness. They're not being malice. They're not being spiteful and peeing on your stuff because you left them alone for a while, okay? Look for a physical problem. Deal with a behavioral problem. Um, if you need to move the litter box, move the litter box, okay? If you got to move it, move it gradually. Make it a slow move over. Put the additional box where the new one is and leave both of them there for a while. Um, eventually the cat will discover the new location, take him there, show it to him, okay? Um, or you can put several boxes around and then eventually take them away as you get the new box to where it's supposed to be. Some cats will go in the box and cover their waist. Some dig enthusiastically, like they're trying to get to the other side of the world. Some don't even cover their pee or their poop at all. Either way, it can be completely normal. Just because your cat doesn't cover does not mean he is abnormal. It just means that's his way. Um, long breed cats um, can often have urine or stool soiling in their hairs because when they pee or poop, it gets stuck in there. Okay, so that can look like fecal um, problems or urine problems, but in most cases, it's just simply a lack of their grooming. So sometimes you may have to shave this area up a little bit. Um, elimination at house plants or at house pots. Surprisingly, this isn't as uh, big of a problem as you would think it would be because the natural instinct for cats is to want to urinate in either dirt, soil, or sand. So a lot of times they don't poop in the in house plants, but sometimes they do. If that happens, you know you can elevate the house plant. You can put it up so they can't get to it. Um, but it is a natural instinct, and you're not going to stop them from wanting to do that because they do it naturally. So I hope this gives you a little bit more information about why your cat it might be urinating or pooping outside the litter box while your dog uh, might be going outside the box and how to retrain them so that we can eliminate that behavior. As I said, always first and foremost, rule out a physical problem. All right, that's going to be it for this week. I hope you learned something. If you have any questions or comments, certainly you can shoot them to me at for the love of pets podcast at gmail.com. If it's a good question, I'll try to answer it on air. But even you know, if it's uh, just a comment or a question, I'll try to send you a reply professional, you know, through personal email when I get a chance. Okay, so I hope you had a good time. I hope to see you next week. Remember to love your pets because they're always going to love you. This is Dr. Donald Shreves from the Potts Animal Hospital signing off for this week. Yeah.